Time now for our penultimate, well, our last session, sorry, our, uh, so it's not penultimate, our ultimate session of this stretch. We have the technology in focus, supercharging advice with technology. Delighted to be joined by two speakers. I can see only one. I don't know what that means. Uh, there we go. Yeah, Darren's still, yeah, Darren's still there. Sorry. So Darren Weirit, who's well known to you all uh, from IOOF, and he'll be joined by Andrew Alcock, Chief Executive Officer at Hub24. G'day, everybody. Hey, hey. So technology has come up as a meta trend, I think, across pretty much every session from the conference. And it's something that uh, we can hopefully resolve in 45 minutes, but we can at least, if we can't do that, we can make some significant it's headway. It's a destination. Perhaps to open out the conversation, Andrew, I invite you to make some opening yeah, sure. remarks. I've got a, a couple of slides and, yes, and um, go, go with the flow. But Let me get you a um, clicker, hang on. Thank you so much for having us here. And I haven't been in many of the sessions at all, so I've been trying to catch up with what's been going on. It sounds like it's been a great uh, sharing of minds and thoughts and, and to hear some positivity in the room, not just about the problems, but how we move forward is great. And I think there's a massive opportunity in our industry and us as a technology company at Hub24 and all of us together have that opportunity to work on it and build a future industry. So I think um, it, it's, a, it's a good topic to talk about. It's not the only solution, but you know, we're technologists, so we think about how can we make a difference in that regard. But it is about putting the client and the advisor in the center of what you do to actually get an outcome here. So a couple of quick slides in terms of framing. I don't wish to, uh, this is the right button? Yes. Uh, yes. Don't wish to labor the point, and, and everyone knows this stuff, but just in terms of where we are from a trend perspective, um, we find ourselves in the middle of a, of a, of a ground where uh, the demand for choice, transparency, and control is greater than ever, and that creates inefficiency or challenges in terms of implementation. So you've got clients who are looking for those kind of features who want to work with you rather than have you do the work for them, uh, changing the trend and how we inter interact as an industry. Um, there's a gap left in our industry, and I think that, um, you know, I quite often talk about Wexit or uh, us at Hub24 talk about how the banks have left this industry and they've left it in tatters in terms of the infrastructure required to keep growing. We've seen every other industry move forward with technology. I can find it when my washing machine's finished on my phone and those sorts of things, and it, it's open API, and I have single sign-on but I can't seem to help my clients uh, uh, with technology, with a platform, a financial planning, a reporting technology. Um, you, you know, we can't solve the compliance issues. This industry needs infrastructure and investment, whether you're talking about client engagement or tech stacks for your back office or compliance, there's a gap. And we have to fill that gap. And if we don't work together to fill the gap, we're not gonna deliver on the promise. Uh, we're seeing the growing high net worth segment. That's creating different needs for product, different needs for integration. Again, choice, transparency, the demand. We all know about the demand for advice. Uh, and we also know about the increasing costs. I think 3,240 was the latest figure as the average cost for advice up from 2,700 bucks a few years ago. Um, but costs for licensees are increasing. Just doing things like, uh, you know, fee consent. Um, that's creating a cost for advisors and licensees as the industry either forces you to adopt a certain way of doing things or finds a collaborative way of doing things, but it's making it difficult. Uh, and there's a gap. Uh, increasing demand for integrated solutions, single view of wealth, we all understand that. Uh, and the last one we've got there is you guys and advisors and licensees are under pressure to deliver value. Talk about trust. Uh, is there a trust there? I was around the country recently and talking to an advisor in Perth and said, look, I only take referrals now. I know that's common for many practices and many advisors, but 
they really can't be stuffed around with the getting the client in, the client actually sussing them out when they've got integrity, when they can trust them. This whole beauty parade, it's actually causing time and effort. We're in an industry where we have that reputation, yet it's not because of the great work that people in this room and your associates do, it's because of, of some sins of others. So, you know, there's uh, pressure to deliver on value proposition, pressure to manage compliance obligations. It's a really difficult environment, yet it's an environment with huge opportunity. I think together, we can build a future. Technology can be, and we believe, is an enabler, um, clearly from a customer point of view. Sorry, I'm looking down to read the slides, folks. Um, uh, the things you can do with technology to enable advice, you can tailor. You can look after individual circumstances, talking about ESG and tax. These are the kinds of things that will allow us as an industry and as a group to actually deliver and implement advice uh, and make it easier and better. The single view of wealth. Uh, customers are, are looking for that, as we said before. Uh, there's a low yield environment. How do we drive value creation in that environment? We have to be more efficient. We have to have uh, better cost outcomes and so forth. Uh, and managing the complexity of, of retirement solutions is, is coming and heading around for us as well. Look, my, my subtext there is that the regulatory trends designed to protect consumers, and this is all known to us, is actually restricting access to advice. It's compromising us and our ability to deliver on our promise, whether that be enabling better financial futures, financial guidance. Um, we're in a situation where the system we're in is stopping us from delivering what we need to deliver or impacting our ability to deliver that. Uh, so the other ones there, uh, advisors demand for cost-effective solutions. Data is key. If we can't live in an open architecture world where we can interface things together with single sign-on and we can share information, we're not gonna deliver on choice, transparency and so forth. We're gonna build solutions in a box that are not pervasive and not sustainable. You'll build something and in a few years time, it just won't work. You can't plug and play the other pieces in. Technology has to be a solution for that. Uh, as I said, licensees, is a lack of infrastructure and investment um, post-Wexit. Uh, you know, we've got to work together as an industry. Um, talk about cost, I think I'll just move on to the next one. But, you know, we've really got to nail this as an industry together. We've got to create client value. Technology can do that uh, through delivering choice, uh, improving investment returns. For example, uh, we bang on about managed accounts uh, or managed portfolios. The fact that we can use technology to take value that was locked up in unit trusts and in unit prices, we can take that and actually create better returns and lower cost. The fact that we can actually help you with tax parcels and do that automatically. So as an advisor or a licensee, you're getting incremental alpha if you choose to use those solutions. So you're getting great investment uh, management, you're getting great advice, but the engine behind it is incrementally adding value, uh, which helps with how do I have a value proposition for the customer? How do I make a difference? How do I prove that? Um, and it allows us also to uh, cater to different circumstances. So using technology to cater for ESG preferences or to think about uh, a particular customer um, can't invest in certain stocks because they've got a truckload of them over here. Can you do that automatically but still align yourself to a managed portfolio or an SMA? Well, absolutely you can. And that's the type of things that we do and platforms should be doing to actually create that value for advice. Um, single view of wealth, efficiency. How difficult is it to understand everything that's going on in a client's world? And I think there's another opportunity for technologies to consolidate data um, and actually get that open architecture approach. Um, example, fee consent, uh, you know, are we, are we working in a world where we've got a standard process? I heard people talking about this around dinner last night. Uh, you can use the IRIS approach, you can use an individual platforms approach, you can use your own approach, um, but it, you know, it's not gonna work. We've got some manufacturers saying, this is the way it is. Uh, if you want fee consent, follow this process, follow this form. 
if we don't work together to come up with solutions that work, then we're in danger of making it even harder to deliver on the promise. What we do, and it's not supposed to be a plug for Hub24, but we've, we've got several options. Working with you say we'll work with the licensee's form of consent, or we'll provide a digital consent model for you using a handheld device, or we'll use the RS1. But as an industry, we have to find these solutions that work together. Um, the, other, the other last point I've got is how technology can enable advice, and, and I think um, uh, if we think about the world we live in, we've been looking back, we've been doing detection versus prevention. Uh, imagine a world where your advice process, whether it be your upfront client engagement tool, through to your modelling, through to your financial planning, through to your platform or through to implementation, can talk to each other, can actually understand, can read an SOA and use artificial intelligence to go, we've gone off reservation here, uh, or the SOA's recommended something that isn't quite to standard. And you, know, you can pick that up along the way, not as a traffic cop, but as an enabler and a help for the process. So we don't find ourselves 12 months later having to go back and fix things. We find ourselves spending more time with our clients, uh, having more efficient processes, able to lower the cost for licensees, lower the cost of supervision, lower the cost of delivery of advice. That's where we need to go with technology. Uh, and it's, it's, it's pervasive. It, it's from the start, from the client point of view, it's from the back end, it's from monitoring compliance, it's from sharing data. Um, absolutely, we as a business are committed to doing that and we work very well with many people in this room to try and pioneer in those spaces. But I think the challenge is for us all to do more of that. Talk about co-optation or talk about standardisation. Technology can help us as an industry uh, deliver on that promise. And I think that's the key message for us today. We can talk about the bits and the bobs, but that's the challenge for us. I think it will revolutionise our industry. It will, it will deliver on the opportunity that is in front of us to actually see more clients in a world where there is less advice and more client demand if we can just coalesce and build those things together. Um, opening statements from me, there you go. Very good, very good. Um, so Darren, um, you know, Andrew made the point that it's been a great sharing of minds. You've been richly immersed in, in the conference from, from day one. I've heard in the corridors people saying this is one of the better conferences we've done this week, so all, all good. Um, as money do you guys make? Sorry, hit that on notice. Um, Darren, in terms of being the chief advice officer at IOOF, how do you frame technology enabling the, the consumer, the team, the licensee? What, what role do you feel it plays? Uh, well, these, these will be comments on behalf of IOOF. I think everybody in the audience will have their own view on technology, and so what works for us may not necessarily work for everybody else, so I'm, I'm not preaching to anybody. What's worked for us, we've made a significant investment in technology over the last five years. Um, the thing that we started with was the premise that this has to be better. Mm -hmm. If you look at the client experience, we, as an industry, could do better, and we thought we needed to do better. I also think in the last couple of years, technology and aspirations from a business aspect have probably crossed over. That is, the technology is actually probably caught up to where the business wanted to go. So you mentioned three stakeholders there. You mentioned the client, you mentioned the advisor, you mentioned the licensee. They should be able to coexist. Mm -hmm. Technology should work for all. It shouldn't be one at the expense of the other two. It actually needs to work for everybody. So the first thing we did, and probably the smartest decision that uh, we made, is that our head of innovation is a business person, not a technology person. Um, I've seen too many projects over the last um, number of uh, decades being uh, money being wasted, great diagrams, packs that you can't believe, they're fantastic, but they don't help the consumer mm. of advice. And for mine, the decision to put a business person in charge of our innovation hub was uh, first and foremost recognition that we are engaging with clients and clients can be the advisor 
or ultimately the end client. But ultimately, we're building it for the betterment of the business, not for uh, an IT spend. And that's one, kept our costs down. Um, two, enabled us to deliver what we think is a far better client experience. Um, the second thing we decided was one piece of technology is not going to work for everything. Um, again, I think we've seen all seen examples where you grab a piece of technology and it really dominates this space and you go, that's fantastic, now let's just stretch it all the way over here until the rubber band breaks. Um, we believe in open, open architecture, we believe in plug and play. Um, what we haven't traded on but is we, in terms of our proprietary software, we want to own the client experience. And so, you know, we've got a system, well, Central, um, no doubt you've uh, read about it or heard about it. Um, some of you may even um, have used it. The, the reality is there, that is there for the betterment of the client experience, to make financial advice a better client experience, whilst also doubling as a more efficient way to prepare and deliver advice. Uh, it digitises the fact-finding experience because ultimately we felt that there was a better way to do things. Um, so that's the first, the, the second one. It needs to plug and play, and we don't have one system that will, or well, central, um, hooks into DocuSign, hooks into XPlan, hooks into Salesforce. So it's open architecture, um, simply because it's a client experience system. Um, the third one for mine, and we talk about um, really where we're going with this in terms of the engagement. We talk about affordability. I know there's been lots of conversation about affordability. Um, in terms of when we talk about affordability, we have a two-pronged approach. Uh, affordability doesn't just mean making it cheaper for the client to access advice. Um, we talk about the 80% of clients that don't currently access advice. To be quite frank, all of those don't want to be able to access mm. advice, and the reality is that we'd be wasting tens of millions of dollars, if not hundreds of millions of dollars in hours, going after our market that just doesn't need our help. However, the amount of compliance that's been pushed into the advisor's office over the last number of years has actually made the affordability of them providing advice much lower, their EBITs are lower. And so when we talk affordability and we talk tech, we're talking about making it more affordable, not just for the consumer to access, because there'll be a different price point, but also more profitable and more efficient for the advisor to actually prepare that advice. And we think we can solve all those issues with a really good piece of technology. Now, if we build it from our way out, we're gonna get it wrong. And so, again, in the innovation hub, the business person is responsible for um, observing clients, you know, how they complete fact finds, where they stop, why don't they proceed with doing stuff. Um, and this is, again, it's not robo-advice in our space, mm. it's about technology sitting with the advisor to make that process more efficient um, and more engaging for that client. Um, the second part is you need to have advisors telling you where their pain points are. Mm -hmm. It's all about um, you know, compliance of late. And you know, I think it's, you know, as the industry, I've heard a lot of conversations um, over the last couple of days about the Royal Commission. It's something we should never forget. We were two and a half years out from it. I think the industry, in my experience anyway, has learned a lot from it. You know, the compliance hurdles are higher. There's lower advisors, investment in technology, move to professionalism. We've got FASIA. I mean, you know, 80% of the, the entire industry now is qualified with the remainder at the end of the year. I think we, have an, as an industry, have moved forward. Um, and so we need to focus on growth. And growth is going to be on the back of, in our view, a huge technology investment. Um, and there was a comment earlier about, well, where's the investment come from? It used to come from the banks. Mm. And it used to go into the platform space. Um, it, in our space, it's going to go all in the advice space because that's where we feel that we can make the most difference to the client experience and to the preparation of advice. Um, one other thing that I will add um, is, you know, 
we, have, we did make mistakes, and we've made mistakes along the way. We used to layer governance over the top of the technology, and going to Andrew's last point there, you know, we've taken a different approach. The governance needs to be embedded mm. in the technology, because if you layer something on top, you just make your, your ecosystem very clunky. And so for us, you know, this is what's working for us. It's not a cheap exercise, but, and that's what, um, you know, that's what worries us. You know, how many tens of millions of dollars can you continue to invest in this so that the industry can actually access um, maybe a, a growing market set that we don't access at the moment. Otherwise, if we fail in the next three years, you know, our view is, well, advice will be for the rich. Now, that might be fine, but as an industry, you know, I would think there's a bigger opportunity for us to help people that are aspirationally wanting to be wealthy and we can make more difference for advice, but it won't be advice as it is today. It'll be a different type of advice. Uh, Technology is gonna play a huge role in that. Some great comments. So what I propose is to tap into two things that you've touched on, Andrew and Darren, which is that the future is demonstrably that advice needs to catch up with all the exogenous change that technology is facilitating in the world and it will improve outcomes for everyone. But there's the reticence, as you've touched on, Darren, to fail. There's concerns about selection, embedding, the, just as a process, going along that journey. Please uh, introduce yourself and propose some questions or comments that you'd like Andrew and Darren to respond to. Sure, thanks. Thanks, Lawrence. Uh, Jeff Thurick from Australian Advice Network. Um, so we had a conversation around, um, I guess, the proliferation of new solutions and new providers and the, the movement towards open architecture and how that creates great opportunities, but then looking at you know, small to medium-sized businesses and licensees, uh, it takes a lot of time to evaluate all the different options that are out there. It takes a lot of time then to work out you know, how it's going to fit for one practice, let alone you know, a number of practices. But then also having the resources and expertise to implement it, which is the next challenge. So what tends to happen is it takes a lot longer than it should, and then you worry about, well, have you missed the boat because there's a new solution that's come out or the need has changed. Um, so that's that was kind of, I guess, I guess the summary of the sort of key challenges that we have. So. Um, yeah, any tips for overcoming some of those problems? Andrew, you kick us off as you know, I was, was going to say, it's incredibly frustrating um, to think that way and, and you see new solutions come up and, uh, you know, they're in your face and people are actually trying to sell you something and does it deliver on the promise or not. I, I think it's, it, it's, it, it's speaks to the opportunity industry. I think it is frustrating. Um, look, I, I don't have an answer other, other than we should share information, we should work through that properly, we should understand who we're dealing with. And so uh, how, how do you do that? I think that's people getting together. The way we think about that is if we try and build solutions purpose-built for clients, in the same way that Darren was talking about, if you've forgotten the client, you won't get it right. So I can come up and sell you a shiny toy and you'll go, yeah, maybe, maybe not. By the time you learn how to use it, somebody else will come with the next one. Um, so I think it's about working and partnering with, with uh, the right people, whether it be these people in this room and this industry or technologists to come up with purpose-built uh, solutions so that you know along the way that what you're building and investing in is going to do the job. Uh, and that's, as you said, Darren, you start with the client, you design it the right way, you've got business people thinking about that. I think that's the answer. Uh, and uh, look, everyone's got a shiny toy to sell you. I think it's about stopping thinking about your business priorities and, and what you need. And I think licensees can work together to do that. So just a generic, let's, let's work together. Um, but I think it's about building solutions and being uh, you know, comfortable that they will interoperate. If you get a solution and you can't hook it into something else, 
straight away you've got an issue there. So it is about APIs and open architecture, and I think there's a lot to do to make that happen. A lot of noise out there, um, but uh, talk to your colleagues um, and, and let's work together. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I'd um, sort of just build on what Andrew's saying there is um, the one thing that we've um, again learnt by mistake um, over the last couple of years is you need to protect your own ecosystem, right? What are you adding to it? Why are you adding to it? We ask ourselves two questions. Is it going to make more efficient or a better client experience? If you can't answer those questions, it doesn't get in. Um, and so, you know, ultimately, as, as the licensee, we own the ecosystem. We're asking advisors to plug in. We have a, a responsibility for efficiency, uh, client outcomes, client experience, and cyber protection as well. Um, so the reality is not everybody gets a gig. And, you know, we'll say... <laughs> We won't even take meetings if it's um, if it's not worth it because there's plenty of people that will do some some of the some of the text very exciting but so don't get me wrong um, it's just a matter of, of making sure that you don't add anything in that uh, doesn't enhance what your ecosystem is doing. Yeah, don't don't lose sight of what you've got to do. Don't bet your business on it. Don't get caught up by how exciting something could be. Think about the purpose. Uh, and be, yeah. I feel like we'll have enough time to hopefully draw on at least three more tables. By all means, flick on the red light, and that will indicate to me that you have a burning desire to be called upon and that your thought leadership is ready. Um, in that waiting for that moment, I'll pick on someone. Um, table 13 feels like a, a group that uh, are exuding the body language of people ready to, <laughs> to join the party. Yeah, fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought we were hiding, but anyway, that didn't work for us. Um, yeah, I'm David from uh, Advice Evolution. I was talking to Andrew about this a little bit last night, but um, we find um, what, what uh, we, we discussed is a couple of things, is that obviously we've got to have lots of overarching um, technology, depending on the size of your licensee, yep. to protect ourselves against the regulator's um, oversight. But um, what, what we're finding, though, as an industry, is that it's becoming cost prohibitive. And um, you need to get... Because they don't all talk together, and uh, by the time you get two or three different solutions in, you'll find that uh, it becomes cost prohibitive and it becomes difficult for everybody to actually uh, to interact. So, you know, again, Andrew, we were talking last night about the idea of having a central CRM and then having lots of different things like the Hub24 system that plugs in and um, you have a modelling piece that plugs in and a power planning piece that pl plugs in and, um, you know, the, the actual the advice industry only holds the data but then everybody else who has some then shares it back. But again, it's uh, cost is the big thing for me because you know a lot of these things we can actually achieve manually at the moment, um, and uh, advice practices are going back to smaller amounts of clients. You know, if you're only running 150 clients, do you need a sophisticated uh, piece of software to actually look after that few clients? Yeah, I might have a go on that one. Um, I absolutely agree. And so the challenge for us um, is there will be businesses that are looking for growth. Right? There are plenty of businesses that say give me the piece of technology because with the same infrastructure, I want to service 300 clients. And I think that's the challenge and where the tech for mine, there's the real opportunity to make advisory businesses much more efficient in giving the same advice they give, maybe for a different segment, maybe different type of advice. And, and you know, all systems have to talk to each other, right? There's no use putting a, a system that sits out the side. So again, in our, our example, um, Xplan talks to the system. There's a two-way feed, talks into Salesforce, talks into DocuSign. The whole thing works cohesively, whether it's a digitized fact find, um, preparing for the annual review, or modeling in the middle. The whole experience is the same. Um, what we're actually hearing back from our advisors, Bart, is not all of them want to grow. So I absolutely take that point. Some of them say 150 is enough for me. And instead of looking for more clients, I'll just up my fees and I'll keep making myself more profitable by upping who I'm dealing with. 
there's another emerging segment of um, the industry, much younger advisors, that, um, or, or those looking for the last wave of growth before exiting, might have 10 years to go. They're saying, give me a piece of technology, support me as the licensee, give me some technology that enables me to service the way I service now, um, twice as many clients in this, the same infrastructure. And so that's the challenge that we're trying to solve. Fantastic. So table five, you're eager to, to join the conversation. Welcome. Not sure about eager, but uh, delegated table captain, Paula from BlackRock, I think um, one point. It's, uh, yeah. Oh, it turned off, sorry. Um, we spoke about change management. So Matt raised the point around, you know, there's so much coming out of pipeline. Advisors are so fatigued, they've gone through a lot. The headspace and the mindset to be curious about technology, but then also to resource in your business. People dedicated to supporting advisors and doing true change management. Mm. And there's a training component and... Uh, yeah, I, I agree. Um, what, what else can you say? We've got to get better at this. So. Um, it's constant. It's constant. And and so whilst we sit here and say the problem is the change, the change, the change, and I'm sitting here saying the technology might be the solution, we've got to rise above that. So yeah. I, I get that. And I, and I do think the answer is, again, let's all work together. Um, because I, I see so many practices struggling with their own world. I'm building my own tech stack. This doesn't work, so I'm doing these bits and pieces. David, we were talking last night, said, look, I've found a way in some cases to outsource this to human labour to get it done faster than a system, because the amount of times I need to do it and the cost of that is cheaper than the training and the implementation of the system. Um, so again, let's be really focused on what we've got to do. I think, Darren, your point about is, is build the solution for the, for the business model you want. If you want to be a high net wealth advisor and you want to have a, a smaller number of clients, you'll need a different solution to somebody who's trying to acquire new clients and deliver more advice. So um, uh, change management, do you feel, I don't know if you've got a comment that, on that, Oh, look, I think it's probably, um, I think building the tech when you look back is probably the easy thing. Yep. It's, it's actually the rollout and the embedding, uh, which takes one, it's, it's much more people intensive than you think, two, it takes a hell of a lot longer than you think. And there's plenty of things coming down the pipe, be it reg changes or anything else um, uh, for the advisors. And it tends to be, certainly in our experience, you know, They'll start the journey, but they won't, they won't finish it. And our role in that change management is you won't get the benefits in your business unless you embed the tech properly. And so, you know, again, using our example, it's not a cheap exercise. We actually think the costs of our business will actually go up because we've got extra resources in our business to actually roll out the tech. So before our cost to serve, our cost to serve comes down. We're actually um, anticipating for the next couple of years it will actually go up. Um, and unfortunately, um, we've backed ourselves. We, we, we think this technology is the future, and so we're prepared for that. But the reality is it is a big, big and constant battle. We've got about six minutes, so if everyone speaks quickly, let's draw in table 10. Uh, thank you. Some good ideas from our table. So uh, the, the first echo uh, Paul's, uh, Paul Barrett's comments earlier, advice firms uh, lacking the change management capability to implement. Uh, so that was the first thing, and specifically around project management capability. <laughs> Um, we also had, and it's been commented from, I think, Table 13, a lack of integration when choosing uh, best of breed versus the single imperfect solution. Um, so that conundrum of, and, and how to solve for that. Mm. Oh, don't, <laughs> don't pick shitty systems. Uh, <laughs> you know, whatever you do, if, you, if you're answering that question, is the technology making the client experience better? or making the business more efficient. You have to continue to come, in our cases, we continue to come back that. Something that's marginal, we're not gonna do it. Um, because the pain of pushing it out, the time it takes, 
and the reality that something else will be there. It'll beat you to it. It needs to be quantum better, or we challenge ourselves to say, yeah, look, that's better, but we're going to make it better again before we roll it out. So, you know, for, for us, it has to come back to those two things. Is it more efficient in a quantum sense? Is it a better client experience? And in a quantum sense, that's how we work it. I think perhaps some of us in the industry need to own that issue, though, um, from the perspective that, you, you know, advisors are sharp in their craft, they know what they're doing, but they're not technologists. And those of us who are manufacturers in the industry or building technology need to stop and think about how do we help implement, how do we partner? Um, because uh, even if I look at, you know, look at managed accounts or managed portfolios, uh, does the industry understand what they can achieve for an end client or do they understand how it can deliver efficiency for an advisor? And different people are on different ends of that spectrum. But have we as an industry actually explained and helped people understand and taken people on a journey rather than just trying to sell stuff and grow? So I, I, I think we have an obligation um, to help with that. If I could comment from the advisor perspective as well. Uh, advisors, if you think about the way they operate, implementation is a key part of what we do for our clients. Yep. And yet, I think at times that's missing from our providers. So if you really want to get sticky with your uh, potential clients, mm. understand their world and operate that way. And I think you get that attraction. Yep. Let's, because uh, it's yeah. limited time. Um, table 11, the light was on. I don't know if that's a battery saving feature that's gone off. Have you rescinded your contribution? Or are you still happy to? <laughs> we'll make it and you can rescind it for us. <laughs> So, yeah, as you know, Michael on from Myra, so I didn't participate in the conversation. I was the, the scribe and elected to speak. So I guess we had a bunch of the same issues, although I, I thought one issue that Eugene raised was really interesting was that there is potentially an over-reliance on technology as a strategy to solve all problems. Uh, and I thought in the context of this discussion, it was a really interesting insight. Um, for, the, for this table, really efficiency was seen as the next frontier, uh, particularly back office efficiency. Um, and doing things that allow the client, the, the advisor to spend more time with the client was was the tech. So that was no good. Colin, yep. you just cut me off. The um, Giving the advisor more time to speak to the client was, was sort of the big goal of technology. Mm. Yeah. Um, Absolutely agree with, with each of those comments. The one, again, just looking at even great technology over bad processes will lead to a suboptimal outcome, either for efficiencies or client engagement. And so you need to, again, hold yourself to account or make, make sure your advisory board or, or your advisors themselves hold you to account. It's not just about technology over top of something. Um, it won't solve world hunger. It's a piece of the puzzle. Now, I actually... Um, you know, we're, we're betting that technology will, will solve those issues in terms of efficiency and better client engagement, but it's not the be-all and end-all. You need to have a look at processes. You need to look at the way you're doing things. You need to look at business models. Um, you know, but technology for mine, it's, a, it's on the cusp of genuinely making a difference to the way that we prepare advice um, so that advisors can do what they do best, which is what Eugene said, engage and talk to clients. Okay, we've got I, two minutes. I, go, go, go on. I think there's far more we can do with technology um, and we might talk about how difficult it will change management. There's things that just, just don't work properly in this industry. There's reporting that doesn't work. There's data be between providers that doesn't work in the way it could do. And I think we can make that better. And I think there's just infrastructure layer pieces that need to evolve and can incrementally get better. And those things will be easy to implement because they're going to solve a problem or a pain point today. So from that perspective, I think there's far more we can do to interoperate and work better together. Uh, across all those solutions, and it's up to some of us in the room to do that.
we'll go for the very last comment from table two, and then it's time for lunch. Just hijacking the conversation of our table a bit. I'm David Bell with the Connexus Institute. I'd be really interested in your early insights into how you're facing into the retirement challenge. So, a year or two's time, we'll have a large, dispersed range of retirement products, all doing very different things, all very complex. And to be able to explain those products to your clients or yeah, the end client, you'll have to yeah, have these fancy stochastic models. Um, is that just another component of the tech stack or, or how are you facing into this in an integrated way? Yeah, so for us, yes, we're going to um, embed that. Um, again, observing clients and the way they engage, retirees tend to ask two questions. How much is enough and how long will the money last? Let's not, um, and, and so you can model that in front of them. But again, we're not going to build that because we'd be wasting time, money, energy and effort. We can API some of those systems in. But the client experience, the way that we show it, again, we will own that because that's what we want to differentiate ourselves on. Fantastic. I think it's been a wonderful conversation at iOS. Sincere apologies to table three and table seven. Please uh, grab Andrew and Darren in the corridors and ask your questions through that outlet. It's been a great conversation. Thank you for answering so many 